0: Hi, I'm Colin Griffiths. I run MTD Network, which actively promotes engineers. I actually joined the engineering industry five, six years ago when I saw the light, and every day is a learning experience. I have to say that. And as part of that learning experience, we're at S. Lilly & Sons in Birmingham. Now, Birmingham used to be called the Workshop of the World. We are joined by Craig Lilly from S. Lilly & Sons Limited. Craig, what is your position, first of all? Um, I'm officially quality director at the company. Yeah. Quality director. Well, that's well. What I've seen so far, quality is not an issue here, absolutely. And to keep it authentic, we are actually recording this in the machine shop. So if there is some background noise, because they're working away. Yeah. But authentic. people who don't know S. Lillian Sun, just briefly, a bit of history, and well, a bit of history. You've got a lot of history. It
1: has yeah. Well, uh, started around the 1840s. Uh, at the time, we were making started making parts for the uh, then railway industry. Um, and then from there it's progressed onto uh, contactors and things when early uh, electricity um, was, uh, came back in the early 1900s, I guess, and then uh, made crystal radio sets. And then uh, we moved into architectural hardware as lighting took hold. And we've been making light, uh, lamp holders, lighting accessories yeah. e- ever since. Lumiere's as your your, Lumiere, your, I think it's your cousin because you're sixth generation Lily. I am sixth generation yeah.
0: Okay and it's, you know very modest about it but some of the components I mean the, the explosives on the railway track
1: I'm thinking what's going on there but that was warning systems. That's right yeah so when, when trains were approaching yep. um, uh, either stations or level crossings and things like that it was a warning system to uh, a let the the train driver know that he's approaching those or uh, for the people who are at the level crossings uh, to know that there's a train approaching so
0: the, yeah. Fair enough, okay. And you also mentioned crystal, I mean, we talk, this podcast is really about automation, I'm gonna say through the ages, but yeah. another really, uh, it is an audio program,
1: but the, the, the radio set you showed us earlier, absolutely fantastic, produce that here? Uh, yes, absolutely, so all the uh, all the electrical parts within the crystal radio set were produced by ourselves. I think the box itself was made by someone else, to be honest, okay. but yeah, we put all those together and uh, packaged them up and sent them off, yeah. And deadly serious, all powered by crystal?
0: Indeed. Brilliant, absolutely fantastic stuff. But automation through the ages. Now, obviously, some of the machines don't date back to the 1840s and such, but you've got some cracking machines here. I'm going to mention, well, talk about the first one. I'll
1: ask you about the first one. The platage, is that correct? It is, yeah. So that's a uh, transfer press. There's various different types of, uh, of Platargs and a number of uh, stages that they have. But we happen to run three different Platargs at this uh, factory. Um, a couple of the smaller ones not so often, but the larger one produces a lot of our uh, luminaires, okay. our lighting components, so uh, yeah, it's used very regularly.
0: Okay, and with these presses, I mean, I'm looking at these components and thinking, what, why can't
1: you all manufacture it, basically in one off on, on a slider, for example? Um, well, for for parts that the platar produces, the, they are rattling off one a second when it's set up correctly. Um, tooling is expensive in the first place, but the, uh, the speed with which it produces the components, because it's a multi-stage press, is, is you, know, you, can't, you can't beat it, certainly yeah, on a One slider. a second. Yeah, quite easily, yeah. And in terms of operation, how many operations, I mean, the, the larger machine, how much will it press and how many operations will it actually do? Well, it, uh, ev- every time it rotates, it does 12 operations because it's a 12-stage press. So, obviously, you, you feed in the brass strip at one end, and for every rotation, a component pops out the other end. But it's obviously gone through 12 operations uh, previously. And for those who,
0: who, I mean, myself, I said it's an educational time, why can't you press it all in one
1: hit? Um, The brass just won't form um, to the depths required in one blow. You have to do it stage by stage so that you don't get cracking on the components and put excess stresses in the material. I mean, they all have to go off heat treating afterwards just to um, uh, anneal them and, uh, and, and uh, even out the crystal structure in the material, I suppose, so it's not, uh, hasn't got all those stresses in it and then starts cracking afterwards,
0: right? Okay, interesting stuff. And to so watch it actually run is phenomenal. I'm afraid it's not great for a podcast, it yeah. isn't, but it really is interesting. Now, another one
1: is that's what you pressing side, you do a lot of turning as well. One of your older machines. Yeah, brown and sharp. That's right. We used to run a lot of brown and sharp single spindle automatics. um So uh, early days of uh, of automation with bar work. So you manually load the bar into the machine. Obviously, you have all the tooling set up within it, and then it would clunk away, produce the parts until that bar's gone, and then obviously then have to load it up with a new bar. Right. What sort of length bar? Uh, well. I suppose, theoretically, you could put any length in it, but obviously, um, we normally use three meter bars. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we, we do travel around quite a few machine jobs. We've seen one or two sort of pipes
0: and tubes cobbled together and yeah. universal joints holding it together to extend those bars, but three meter bar. But is it, I mean, the, these are cam autos, yeah. actually set in the machine, is it easy? Or is, is that skill dying? Well,
1: uh, yes, unfortunately that skill is dying. Um, it's it's uh, an area where we've not been able to um, find sufficient skill base to be able to continue to use those machines and that's what's prompted us to move over to cnc yeah. so obviously the brown and sharps are disappearing yeah. out of the shop in fact we're only left with one now um, right because you had and, how many did you have uh, i'm not sure of the exact number but it was definitely around 20 wow. originally down to the final one down but to the final should keep one keep it for a
0: bit of history maybe well, maybe cause 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 it, again, space. <laughs> not great for, for a podcast but looking i mean we've been around the machine shop Deaped in history, some fantastic things going on. Even a picture, picture of the uh, the gentleman who started the whole thing, yeah, Simeon. Yeah. yeah, Who, understand, died in a porpoise grave? Well, he did die in a poke You end up in a pauper's grave, did you know? A bit of history there. Yeah, so, apparently. But obviously, something was very
1: successful, because still here now. Yeah, and still it's, going.
0: How many parts do you reckon you're manufacturing per year?
1: Um, roughly. <laughs> roughly, of our own components, we reckon around about 4 million parts a year, and then on top of that, we do subcontract parts. Blimey. so that's key, key,
0: to, key to why you need the automation
1: uh, definitely yeah absolutely it's uh, certainly with the CNCs it allows lights out running which obviously with the old automated yeah. machines the bit of brown sharps things we couldn't get and uh, these
0: oh, and these parts are going just UK or
1: no no uh, worldwide so we've uh, got quite a large custom base in New Zealand Australia uh, a lot of Europe um, and then we've got a few uh, oh gosh. <laughs> I think we've got a customer in Vietnam. Oh right. um, Few Ameri- in uh, America. Uh, South America is one we've not actually managed to. Yeah, we haven't conquered that one yet. No. But
0: watch it. Watch spate.
1: So yeah. they might have a lot. They might have a light bulb moment coming soon. You Sorry know. about that. that's a dreadful
0: pun. I do. do <laughs> apologise. <laughs> anyway, moving on swiftly. So, yep, yeah, you've
1: got platage. You're brown and sharp. CNC. Yeah. When did you move into CNC? Uh, first one we got in 2004. It was an old Miano, second-hand Miano we uh-huh. bought. And yeah. then, why did why did you choose? That type of machine? Um, well, we didn't know a great deal about it. Done some research. We, we'd heard that the Miano was a rare find when it came up secondhand, and we heard they were a good good machine at the time. and um, We spotted this one, went to view it, and thought, let's go for it. And that's where it all started off. Uh,
0: and you haven't looked back since? So no, now, no. just trying to count up seven, eight CNC sliders or fixed heads?
1: I've uh, got 10 in total now.
0: Oh, my count is obviously. Yeah, not very yeah, good. we've
1: got 10 in total. Um, so uh, we've got three fixed heads, uh, and then the rest are, are sliders, sliders, sliders yeah. or variants right. of. Okay,
0: when you say the fixed head ones, obviously you mentioned the Miano, mm. you've also got a CMZ, what does that, you know, what function does that serve?
1: Um, well for us the CMZ provides us with a much larger capacity machine, um, so that one in particular uh, will do up to 65 mil bar. Um, all the work we do is bar work, we don't really do uh, billet work, or, um, and so uh, it just enables us A to do some of the component parts that we need for our range that require that larger bar si- uh, machine size. Um, and then obviously subcontract as well, we can then offer larger parts oh, as find, a result.
0: You find time to subcontract
1: as well as making all those parts? Uh, we certainly try to.
0: Okay, well, I suppose <laughs> having these CNC machines is giving you that capacity?
1: because Exactly, they... and change over times and everything else, it uh, enables us to get these yep. subcontract work through at the same time.
0: Okay, and then the sliders, I mean looking around the machine shop here, because I said, it, we're keeping it authentic, we are in the machine shop, I mean you've got a number of Citizen Syncom sliders for example, A20 yep. I can see over my shoulder, yep. why have you gone that route?
1: uh we like the control system the service we've had from citizens been very good um and yeah they're a good solid reliable machine
0: what what more do you want really exactly yeah but um, i'm thinking you know in terms of what you're machining materials wise it's not no it's not stressful
1: on the on the machines to be honest with you mostly it's brass uh, occasionally aluminiums uh, and then occasionally we dip into mild steels and stainlesses right so it's about that i'm assuming accuracy and speed then yeah that's what it's all about
0: okay so a lot of i mean automation i mean the the brown shop 70s of platarge 60s i'm throwing out there?
1: yeah that's right so i think the the, uh, the one brown sharp we've got left is a, a 1970s machine at right. best um, the platargs are all 60s machines
0: right so still going strong right but yeah. what i'm leading up to is that you've got these machines you've invested in the cnc going forward yeah and you haven't got the skill set in terms of setting those old machines anyway, because everybody wants to get on a computer and do CAD and, yeah. and the like. Which, a lot of people do you know, these days. Yeah, they don't want to get their hands dirty anymore, do yeah. they? No. Um, where to next then?
1: Well, automation-wise, it's a, that's a tricky one. Um, we have considered robots, but we have a we have a uh, bit of a space issue here in the factory. Not <laughs> a lot of room, and of course you've got to give those those robots space to swing around, haven't you? Um, but uh, otherwise, we've got some. Old um, capstan lathes. Don't think we've found an alternative for that in terms of uh, automation for what we do. Um, maybe, maybe we need to look at redesigning some of the parts we produce so that they can t- be done on CNC. But otherwise, yeah, there's still a lot that we need the uh, capstans for. So interesting
0: concept, though. So you got the opportunity there to redesign and potentially look at other machining alternatives. But the, yeah, the, these old capstan, ward capstan, aren't they? I think they are still. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're 50s machines, I think, that was even right. older. Brilliant. Craig, it's a great
0: story, it really is interesting and in how automation has helped you, well, for the last 60 years by my yeah, simple maths, if yeah, not yeah. longer, and a great, great story. So that's S. Lillian's son in what was the machine shop of the world. Yeah, well, we're still trying to maintain that. Great. Craig, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much.